Hey guys, welcome back. I'm so excited. Well, nervous actually. Um, to make this episode. So a lot of people have been asking me questions um, about, you know, bumps in the road that they've had in their business, um, about problem clients, about um, leveling up their, or upskilling their business, how to do it, and, you know, what they should do in specific situations. So I thought it would be really, like, fun to come on here and talk about some of the experiences that I've had and the reason why a lot of these people, like my friends who own businesses or entrepreneurs, um, the reason why a lot of these people trust me and um, ask me to help them, you know, with these parts of their business is because they know that I've been there and I've expressed that to them. So they've been, you know, they'll reach out and be like, Hey, remember when you told me that that girl or that guy, blah, 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 like, how did you end up dealing with that? Or how did that pan out? Do you have any suggestions for how I should deal with this or that? And so, yeah, because I'm really open about my, um, you know, my bumps in the road and the lessons that I've learned, I think that it just makes people feel comfortable to ask me about how they should go about the same type of situation or maybe just something along the same lines. So basically what I'm going to be discussing today is some of the mistakes that I've made um, or lessons, I should say, that I have learned. Um, nothing is really a mistake if you don't, if you choose to not see it that way. Um, I've talked about this on my old Instagram before about how everything is your perception. So if you choose to believe that something happened for, you know, your personal growth or as um, a lesson to learn, if you choose to believe that, then that's what it's going to be. If you choose to believe that, you know, this situation that, you know, maybe didn't pan out the way you wanted was a failure, if that's what you choose to call it, then, I mean, that's what that's what it's going to be. Your, your version of your life is your reality. It's your truth. Um, you hear people say that in all these videos where, you know, they come on and they make confession and they, they title it my truth. Um, it sounds a little dramatic, but ultimately that's what it is. And you might hear, watch another YouTube video of somebody else who was involved in that situation, like maybe a feud or maybe, um, a falling out between, you know, business partners, stuff like that. We see those on those episodes of them doing their confections, um, and they're crying and they're telling their side of the story, but both videos are usually called my truth. And so if you, you know, you dig deep and you figure out what exactly that means, it just means the way that they experience that same two people can go through the same situation and experience it differently or remember it differently or choose to remember it differently. Um, there's a lot of layers to those type of situations. For example, um, there's a really popular quote or whatever that I see surface, resurface every so often. It talks about how two men or two boys had the same alcoholic father growing up. Um, their, their father was abusive and an alcoholic. So um, it talks about how they grow up and one of the sons is, you know, an upstanding, sober um, individual who owns a business and he, you know, thr- he's thriving. And then the other is an alcoholic. And when people ask them, you know, what, how did you get to where you are today? Um, they both say, oh, because my, my father was an alcoholic. So the guy who turned his life around, the brother who turned his life around and ended up being this successful, um, healthy man 
says that the driving force for him to make a, you know, a better life for himself was the fact that his father was an alcoholic. And the same goes for the guy who ended up being a degenerate alcoholic, the bro- the other brother, he says the same thing. Well, you know, woe is me. I'm like this because my father was an alcoholic, abusive alcoholic. And so the whole point of that story that, like I said, is constantly resurfacing on social media is that it's your perception. Two people with the exact same story can end up in polar opposite positions um, depending on how they choose to take that experience in their life. And don't get me wrong, having an abusive alcoholic parent without a doubt, you know, would be detrimental for your childhood. It would be super, super, super dramatic. And I'm not trying to downplay and say that, oh, if you're, you know, your parent was an abusive alcoholic, then, you know, you have no excuse. You should still be able to be a productive person in society. I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to do. All I'm saying is that you can take any situation even some of the darkest, most morbid things that could potentially happen to somebody can be turned around and viewed as something um, that can be a fuel to your fire. And I'm not going to go, you know, too much detail. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that. But you get the point. You get the whole gist of what I'm trying to say. So what I want to talk about today is about some of the mistakes that I've made, some of the experiences in business, not in life, but in business. Um, that I have discovered to be um, later on or even in that moment to be huge, you know, life or business lessons that I'd for sure would not take back. Um, So the first one that I learned right away when doing um, makeup, I started doing makeup back in 2013, um, but like professionally in 2014, but I started like in 2013. Um, so I started doing makeup and I thought I was ready. I had practiced my own makeup for a long time. By that point, I had been trying different styles out. I was, you know, totally indulging in YouTube videos and basically self-teaching myself. I was a stay-at-home mom. And so I had tried all these different styles of makeup. I, I was like so gassed up. I was ready. So I decided to start taking people professionally My first mistake that I made was not establishing myself as a business. So although I hadn't taken any formal trainings at that point um, in makeup, regardless, um, I had been spending, I had spent months by this time self-teaching, you know, how to do makeup. And so I had definitely invested a lot of money in products and, um, you know, just time and energy, money. So um, I started out and I started, I would tell the girls, well, I'm not that, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to do makeup that well. So I'll do your makeup for free. So I started advertising pretty much to my targeted audience, which was teenagers, um, that I was, that I'm doing makeup for free. And so the problem with what I did was I just pretty much labeled myself as the free makeup artist. And so um, although I did want to get, you know, build my portfolio and get more experience, um, labeling myself as the free, you know, makeup artist, um, the thing is that you're attracting a certain type of clientele. And the reason why I did that was because teenagers don't typically have a lot of money. Um, the particular teenagers that I'm dealing with are teenagers that are a little bit less fortunate. Um, so 
I just felt like, well, I want to give back and I want to help them and they can help me. We can help each other. I'll give them free makeup for their dances or whatever. And we'll exchange for like pictures for me to be able to use on my Instagram and I'll upload videos to my YouTube, blah, blah, blah. So the reason why I say that that was kind of a mistake, but also a lesson that I learned is that now anytime I have provided a service, I never advertise myself as someone who's doing free work. Now, that's not to say that I don't ever do free work. If you're my friend or my family member, you know, I've done, I've more than likely done your makeup or your lashes or something for free at one point, whether it was for your birthday or if it was because I was trying out a new style or something like that, or just because I just wanted to, I was in the mood, whatever, whatever it is. I've given a lot, I've done a lot of free work. I'm not above free work. Free work is a great tool to use when you're building your business. But labeling yourself as the free or labeling yourself as the cheap lash artist, the cheap hairstylist, whatever, like, you know, labeling yourself that way and posting it on your social media, posting it on any of your social platforms um, is not good because you might think that, okay, yeah, if I label myself that way, then I'm going to get a bunch of clients and then even when I raise my prices later on, they're going to stick around. And that's not true. Um, the people that you're targeting when you're calling yourself the cheap, inexpensive, low cost, budget, whatever you want to label it, um, provider, if that's what you're labeling yourself as, those are the people that you're going to attract. And when you do decide that you're ready to raise your prices later on, um, if you've established yourself as the cheap person, what you have to understand is there's a whole market of people who are willing to pay high ticket prices for whatever service it is that you're offering. But if they've already associated you with being the cheap person, if and when you do decide to start charging, it is going to be very hard to convince these people, these high ticket price paying clientele, that you now are worthy and of their, of that, you know, those high prices and that you are no longer the cheap person, that you're the skilled and, and experienced and qualified person who deserves you know, $200 for a full set. Um, if you establish yourself as the $50 lash artist, you're gonna be stuck there. And I'm not saying you can't come out of that. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is that it is very difficult to pull yourself out of that once you've established yourself that way. So that's why I always tell my students who take my courses when they ask about pricing, um, I always tell them not to say that they're giving away free lashes. Hey guys, I just learned lashes. I need some models who wants free lashes. What I recommend to do is to set a price and make it known that this is your price, but then advertise a special for the first, you know, three people, five people, you get a special price and maybe don't even advertise it on your page. If you put free, you're going to get people who are who only want free shit. But if you just put a special price, then you're going to get bites from people who are interested in paying and they're willing to pay. They just maybe don't want to pay $200 for a full set. Look like they only came to me, but they're willing to pay. So that's why they're going to message you and be like, hey, you know, I'm interested. And usually that's what they'll say. I'm interested because they want to see they're interested in getting lashes at a special price. They're not necessarily interested in paying a hundred and some dollars for lashes. So that's why they're going to come to you and be like, hey, you know, um, so what, you know, what is this special that you're offering? And that's when you have the chance to message them back and say, you know, give them your pitch, whatever your um, sales pitch may be. Um, 
and you're more likely to get people who are going to stick around and stick around even through all of your price raises in the future. So that was the number one mistake that I made. And I, and so when I, so how did I get to the point where I am now? It took a really long time, even in makeup. Like, so when you're the free makeup artist and then you want to start charging, well, the first, I didn't feel comfortable because how do I go from wanting money to telling everyone that I'm free? So what I started doing was just telling them that, okay, like since I'm going to be doing yours and your sister's makeup, um, can you guys at least like <laughs> give me lunch, like buy me lunch? And it was sad. I was the burrito makeup artist at one point. Like I was the girl who was willing to do your makeup if you just bought me lunch. Because I mean, I felt like that was an easy transition. If I started charging $40 after I was just charging $0, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it. All I'm saying is it is a difficult leap to make it's easier to raise your prices if you have a price already if you go from zero to 40 like how do you do that if I was only charging $20 from the beginning which is basically free when you factor in how much it costs to actually do makeup um and then I raised it to you know let's say $30 next then that's not a crazy dramatic increase and then $40 next and then you know whatever but if you start at zero you have nothing to build up on. Anything is going to be dramatic because anything is going to be more than a hundred percent price raise. So that's why you want to start something low. Even if it means, like I said, telling a little white lie and saying that, you know, right. I'm, I charge X amount for lashes, but for now I'm going to do this much. Like, even if you say that, and even though you really maybe haven't even had any clients, but you can tell these people that, Hey, this is what my normal price will be. It's just about being transparent. A lot of it really is just about, having that um, communication with the people. So that way, when you do start charging or charging more, they're like, hey, well, she told us, you know, we knew she was going to be charging more um, eventually. So that way they're not like totally thrown off. And they're like, what, what? I thought she was the freelance artist, you know? Um, So that was one of the big mistakes that I made in the very, very beginning of my career with the beauty industry. Again, that was a long time ago. I was super young. I was 20 years old. I didn't know crap about crap. So you live and you learn. Um, Another mistake that I made and lesson that I learned was that uh, when you are going to um, enforce policies, like late policies, or for example, with my clients with lashes, if you don't have at least 50% of your eyelashes left from the last service, it's not considered a fill. It's considered a full set. Um, I'm pretty lenient. So like if you have... 30% of your lashes left instead of 50. Maybe I'll meet you halfway. So instead of charging you full price, I'll charge you for like an extended fill or something like that. But that's like on a case to case basis. Um, It's not a standard blanket, you know, thing that I always do. That's a if I'm in the mood. And if I finish your lashes fast, and it didn't take me the full three hours, and it only took me, you know, a little bit longer than your fill price, then I'll, I'll work with you. But typically, it's a full set if it's not a fill. So Um, my problem was before in the beginning of doing lashes, um, I would in, so when I had a client who would come back for their fill appointment and they only had, you know, 20% of their lashes, I was new. So I felt obligated to do their lashes. And honestly, I was eager to learn. So 
I was doing full sets at fill prices. And mind you, back then when I first started, I was doing fills for like $30. So when their fill was taking me three hours, I was working for 10 bucks an hour, you know? Um, so I was making like no money and I was losing money. I was, lo- I was losing a lot of time with my family for very little money. It was frustrating, you know? And I, but at the same time, I knew that, I mean, I really couldn't talk. I could, well, I could, cause it's my business. I can do whatever the hell I want, but I didn't feel comfortable with, um, enforcing those rules when I had never technically verbalized them to the client. And I see a lot of people doing this where they have it like in their bio, they have like their policies on cancellation and stuff like that in their bio, but they don't ever like contact the client, maybe like in an email or a text message and get their like written consent to those policies. I mean, um, you don't, how do you expect some Instagram is not a professional, like, website that people are like universally recognizing as you know there's there's really no culture established on how to um learn what somebody what policies somebody enforces like I always see it in people's highlights um you know cancellation policies and blah 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 and I'm not saying that having them in your highlights is bad all I'm saying is that's not professional there's, that's not acceptable as how you um, inform your clients of your policies. You need to verbally and ri- I do both now. Like you should verbally and um, have a written agreement that they agree to and they sign whether in person or electronically. So that way it takes away all of that confusion. And so eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to start making this official because people are not following the rules. They're not being considerate of my time. Um, But the thing is, see, I started taking it personal and getting frustrated, but I talked about this in one of my podcasts before where um, I'm talking about, you know, establishing yourself as a business owner. So the thing is setting boundaries. There you go. That was the video setting boundaries. Um, So the thing is, like, just because somebody doesn't, you know, do things the way you want them to doesn't necessarily mean that it's because they don't respect you. And that's a mistake that I made for a really long time was assuming that if somebody, you know, doesn't follow my policies, doesn't take care of their lashes, doesn't show up on time, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, if they don't do those things, it must be because they don't respect me. But that's not the case. A lot of the times, most people I like to believe are good people. So if you don't set that boundary, if you don't let them know that they can't do this this way, that, that this is not the way your business runs and this is the way your business runs, if you don't clearly state those type of things, I mean, how are they supposed to know? You know what I mean? Like, how are they supposed to know what, what parameters are, you know, are in, in place if you haven't told them. So like, that's something that I learned the hard way. And I started learning that I need to be very clear when it comes to what I expect from them as a client. And that way, and I would do that before they ever even step foot in my building. That way, if they're not comfortable with those terms, if they're not comfortable with the fact that I'm going to charge you 10 or $20, whatever extra, for either being late or for um, maybe coming with your lashes not washed, whatever whatever it is that my policies were, if they're not okay with those terms, then they're not going to book with me. They're going to be sure to cancel their appointment 
the first chance that they get. And um, that's okay because if they're not for me and they're not comfortable, maybe they need somebody who has a much more flexible schedule. I've had to let go of people of clients who didn't have a schedule that worked with mine. You know, they, they were constantly rescheduling. They were constantly canceling their appointments with me so that they can take clients of their own and stuff like that. And I understand everyone, you know, has their priorities, but uh, for me, one of the requirements for my um, clients is that, you know, this, this is, I expect you to treat my business, you know, as a real business. So if you, if you're canceling constantly at the last minute, it's just not going to work out for us. So um, that's something that I learned along the way to be very clear and very blunt about the way that you want to run your business. And it's not, don't, don't get nervous because I think that a lot of people get nervous that like, oh, they're going to get mad. They're not going to want to book with me. Um, I think in my opinion, when someone does stuff like that, they send me an email with their expectations, their requirements, their policies. I take them so much more seriously. Not that I don't take people seriously when they don't do stuff like that, but I definitely see them more as a business, which entices me to treat them even more with respect, you know, not that I don't respect, I, I feel like I do a good job of respecting um, business owners times and stuff. But I'm just saying like, it makes it entices me even more so. So, you know, there's actually more than one pro to this to doing this. It's not just that they're going to show up on time, and they're gonna, you know, be ready to pay. It's, it's also that they're going to respect you and your time more. So I highly recommend um, not doing things the way I did in the beginning and just kind of hoping that they can read your mind. Um, that was a huge mistake that I made. Um, and then one more mistake or lesson that I learned um, along the way in the beauty industry. And a lot of this, like I said, it's not just about beauty stuff. It's also just about um, owning a business in general. But one of the big things that I learned along the way was that and I'm still working on this, but um, I work, I'm working on it every day. But it's to not take it personally when people don't like you. <laughs> That's something I'm still getting, you know, everyone is different. But um, I personally like to be friends with everybody um, or at least be nice, you know, be cordial with everybody. I, I know that everyone's not going to like me, but I also know that um, I like it when people like me. And I'm sure you're the same. Um <laughs> So when I felt like people were, let's say, making subliminal posts about me or when someone messaged me and says, hey, didn't you just raise your prices? And this girl is ranting about how, you know, certain people shouldn't be raising their prices and, you know, certain people, you know, like pretty much things that totally seemed like they were coming for me. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like it hurt, especially when some of these people were people that like, I admired and I looked up to and I turned to when I needed the device. Um, I felt like we were connected. So when I felt like some of the people that I admired were, you know, not liking me anymore, I'm not going to lie. Like it got to me. I, I would get upset and I would even think, I'm not going to lie. I would think like bad thoughts about those people. And I'm not saying like I want bad stuff to happen to them, but more that I would just be like, well, I don't like the way she does makeup anyways, or I don't like the clientele. Well, you know what? Where her salon is, is a shitty place. Like I would have those thoughts in my mind. Like I was starting to pick apart their personality and their business and just everything about them because it was easier for me to do than to just walk away and say, hey, you know what? Um, this person 
Or people would let flat out tell me, oh my God, I went to this other girl who does lashes. You know, I would always see you commenting on her page. So I checked her out and she did a good job, but oh my God, she talked about you the whole time. She, you know, or, and I would have, or I'd have a training with someone and they'd tell me that, Hey, yeah, I've been looking into you for a long time, but then I asked so-and-so and she told me not to take your class, that it's too expensive and that I can probably get the same information from this other girl who only charges 400 bucks or whatever. Like I, I had so many people come to me and tell me the people that I felt that I thought were my friends, people who I had known for years, you know, were telling them to not support me. And it was freaking frustrating. I, I almost couldn't believe it at a certain point. I was like, no way. There is absolutely no way that this girl that I know, like that I've done her lashes and I blah, 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 like people that I felt that I was connected with would say those things about me. Like, there's just no way. Um, and when they, when I realized, you know what, now that I think about it, she hasn't responded. And here I am just getting in my head, going all crazy. And I'm over here, like now creating scenarios in my mind. Well, maybe, you know what, now that I think about it, she hasn't responded to any of my DMs in a while. Well, you know what, she started hanging out with so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Like now I'm doing all this crazy shit in my brain, causing more stress to myself then and now I'm picking apart their Instagram posts. Oh, she just posted this other thing about this and what is she talking about me? And now I'm causing more drama in my own mind than really even probably exists. Who knows if that client that said those things, who even knows that they're telling the truth? Or who knows if whatever subliminal post that that person is posting, what if it's not even about you? What if it's about someone else, you know? Um, and that's something that I started to do to myself. I started like psyching myself out and convincing myself that I had these issues that in reality, I had no proof that I even had. So now like fast forward that I've heard plenty of stories that supposedly there's this girl that I've done her lashes a couple of times. I'm not going to say her name because it doesn't matter. But, um, I was told recently that she tells people that um, not to take my classes because um, she's the one who taught me. And if they pay, if they pay me, that they're really just paying double what she charges for the same exact information just to take her class. And so, I mean, that's totally false. But my point is that that, you know, irritated me. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I can sit here and dwell on that. Or I can continue to do what the hell I've been doing, which has been proving to be successful. And um, then just keep on pushing. But there, if this would have happened to me like a year ago, um, the same situation would have arise and I felt like someone was lying about me or whatever, I might have gone about it differently. I might have reached out to the girl and been like, hey, what the hell? Like, why are you telling people you trained me when you didn't? Why are you, you know, trying to get people not to take my classes? You know, it, but I've learned that if people are going to believe what one person says about you, um, Either they're dumb because they've, you know, never been in a situation where somebody has lied maliciously or they're very sheltered. And like I said, they have no idea that some people just act um, out of jealousy and hate or they're somebody who wanted to believe whatever it is that person said. And that's the key thing here. People believe what they want to believe. If somebody wants to believe that you're a scammer, if somebody wants to believe that you're dishonest and you're a shady person, they're going to believe it because that's what they want. It fits into their picture of you. 
So if somebody believes something that somebody who doesn't know you, my husband said this one time, he's like, babe, why are you worried about what she thinks about you? She knows you. She was your friend. So if she is listening to what that other girl said about you, if that other girl influenced her, even though she knows you, it's because she wanted to believe it. That girl, the other girl who's saying bad stuff about you doesn't even know you. So if the girl who does know you is listening to what the girl who doesn't know you is saying, it's because she wants to, and you can't change that. It would be different if the girl who knew you was saying bad stuff about you and the girl who didn't was the one that was believing it. That would be different because it's like, okay, well, you're a valid, you know, a a reliable source. You're probably right. You know her, but it's somebody who doesn't know me who's influencing someone who does, there's nothing I can do about that. And so instead of dwelling on it and getting upset and getting frustrated, it's better if I just, if you just move on. I mean, that person obviously isn't your person. You thought that person was a friend. You thought that person was somebody that you could help and that you could be there for and you guys could collaborate and, you know, build together. And if not, that's okay. There's a million other people out there in the world who want to collaborate and want to, you know, be supportive of each other. And instead of wasting energy, worrying about the people who aren't interested in being alignment with what your mission and what your goals and what your intentions are, you need to spend your energy worrying about the people who are. There are so many, for every person that's out there that is, you know, I hate to use the word hater, but we'll just call them that for lack of a better phrase. Um, For every hater that you have, I truly believe that there's at least 10 people who are like your biggest fans. I really believe that. And again, fans sounds really cheesy. We're not celebrities here. We're just regular people. But I mean fans because they love you and they appreciate you. So now that I have been through these type of situations where I feel like I've learned a lot about people. It's funny because the reality is, honestly, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned how to deal with situations that I used to feel like, you know, would have been detrimental, like situations that would, that I never would have felt I would have had the strength to get through. And so Overall, I feel like learning about yourself is super important when you're starting a business, learning how to set boundaries, learning, you know, what your value is, learning what your long, knowing what your long-term goals are so that you can make sure you set up a business plan that serves that goal and that purpose. And if you don't, and if you're just running your business and kind of winging it as you go, I really feel like you set yourself up for a lot of obstacles that you really didn't have to experience. And that's something that I've learned along the way. But ultimately, all of these things that I've gone through, you know, having to learn how to, you know, get through the hurdles of raising my prices from zero, learning how to um, not get hung up on, um, you know, other people's image or view of me definitely has been a learning experience. But now that I've had those experiences, I definitely feel like I'm able to run my business a lot better. So um, yeah, I hope that you guys gained some value. And I hope that you guys learn your lesson 
through me and you don't actually experience these things on your own. Um, if you have experienced any of these and you guys are willing to share those experiences with me, I'd love to hear about it and I'd love to hear how you dealt with them. Um, yeah, until next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>